Planning a trip to one of the great national parks? L.L. Bean went to the experts at the National Park Foundation to get the inside scoop on which parks are the best to visit in each season. Whether you're looking for outstanding scenery, smaller crowds, or unique activities, L.L. Bean, be an outsider. To check out the full list of recommendations, visit llbean.com explore. Welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod. We're here to discuss Michigan State's crushing... (laughs) 98, or really disappointing, 98-93 loss to Kansas State in overtime in the Sweet 16 uh, matchup on Thursday night in Madison Square Garden. Uh, before we begin, I just want to send a quick thanks to Jay Masters. Jay sent a gift via Venmo. Thank you for your insightful shows. Thanks, Jay. We enjoy doing them. Thanks for listening and being a part of the show. I really appreciate it a ton. If you want to learn how to support the show, you can go to the final four is on the schedule.com slash support. You can give one-time gifts via PayPal or Venmo or recurring uh, means through Patreon. Um, so uh, to summarize this game, I guess, you know, Michigan State came out okay, although it was pretty clear from the beginning that uh, Kansas State came to play. They were making the plays. They did not do their characteristic turning ball over a ton, although they had lots of near turnovers, but they were all kind of working. And Marquise Noel, I mean, the guy was great. Uh, you know, he even... Uh, twisted his ankle and was hobbled for a while there. And they were clearly half the team they were when he was in the game. He came back in and steadied the ship for Kansas State. And they just were able to pretty much dictate play, I think, most of the game. And that was sort of my impression. Michigan State was had a lot of trouble defensively stopping Kansas State from scoring. Michigan State got a lot going. And this is the game, ironically, where they were finally hitting the threes. And it didn't really matter in this case. It kept the game close, obviously, and occasionally gave Michigan State the lead. But... It was not the difference in the game we'd hoped because partly, it, I don't know, there are a lot of things to look at. I guess, you know, partly is Michigan State turned the ball over 13 times to Kansas State's only five, a team that averages 16. Not that Michigan State's a team that turns people over much. Uh, Michigan State, you know, shot 52% from three, uh, actually outshot Kansas State from three, but again, not quite enough. And, um, you know, the turnovers were sort of were the bugaboo at the end of the game and a couple missed free throws. I mean, you know, Michigan State was still really good from the line, but just a couple of those were the difference in the game. And a game like this, a few possessions, a few a point here, there is, is really what uh, is the difference between winning and losing and advancing to the Elite Eight. Yeah, um, well, a lot to say. Uh, first of all, although it wasn't a perfect game, certainly not in terms of defensive play by either team. Um, that was in terms of game flow, spectacular plays, guys stepping up in big moments and delivering. That was, I I feel pretty comfortable that it's the game of the tournament to date for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the better NCAA tournament games from a competitiveness standpoint, just teams trading haymakers back and forth that I've seen Michigan state play in, in a long time. Um, I think that 
Look, and, and this is true of Michigan State as well over the years. You need to be really good to get to an Elite Eight, to a Final Four, to a Sweet 16 for that matter, um, to win a national championship. That goes without saying. You also need to have some good fortune along the way. You just do. And, yeah. and Kansas State, you mentioned it, and it was something that, that definitely stuck out to me. Only committing five turnovers is shocking for that team. Absolutely shocking. And you could see, if you were paying attention, you could see why they commit a lot of turnovers. Because they get loose. They get loose with the ball. They get loose with their focus. They try to hit home runs. And we talked about that in the preview. However, mm-hmm. more often than not, when they had a breakdown, just a bad decision, somehow the ball bounced their way. Yeah. You know, either that they didn't end up turning it over and they were able to get a shot or that the near turnover goes into a shot like it did with that ridiculous three-pointer that Noel hit at the end of the clock. But <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, look, I'm yeah. not, I'm honestly not trying to offer an excuse or denigrate what Kansas State did. Um, that is what it takes to win in the tournament. You need to have some breaks go your way because especially when you get to this level, look, you watch that game as, as I think was fairly obvious by the way the line was, by uh, the, the looking at these teams deeply and kind of trying to come to some conclusions about them. There's very little difference between them. Very little. Yeah. On another day, replay this game, Michigan State likely wins it, you know, in a tight. Sure. Um, so when it's that kind of situation, which it often is when you get to this round or beyond, the team that gets some good breaks to go their way is going to have a great chance to win. And so Kansas State had both. Uh, Marquise Noel played one of the great all-time NCAA tournament games you're ever going to see. He set a record for an assist in an NCAA tournament game, 19, which is unbelievable, um, had 20 points, didn't shoot great. And, you know, when I talk about good fortune, that last possession that Kansas State had where they're up one, oh, yeah, he takes, and we talked about this in the preview, he took a terrible shot. That's an awful shot that he took. And he got a break because A.J., and it wasn't AJ's fault. He's trying to contest. He gets a finger on it. And then the guys underneath don't realize it was deflected and they let it go out of bounds. Kansas state has four point, whatever seconds left. They end up getting the ball in the inbound to Masood who hits like a 17 footer. That's (laughs) them's the breaks, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that doesn't excuse Michigan state for not doing a better job defensively. Um, but give them credit. Those guys, I, I think the best thing you could say about Kansas state in this game, just besides Noel's overall game, which was phenomenal is when opportunities presented themselves, they took full advantage when there was a break like that, you know, like that play I'm talking about. And there were plenty of others too. They generally took advantage and that's what you got to yep. do. So credit to them. They made enough plays. Um, I am not. I I think Michigan State obviously would like to do some things differently on the defensive end, 
But look, I have a hard time coming hard at Michigan State after a game like that. This was not a game like some others this year where you said, oh, we just didn't, we just didn't play well. Michigan State did some great things in this game. Not just three-point shooting, but that was among them. And it was huge. It was a massive factor. But they're a great three-point shooting team. It had to show up. That's what we said in the preview. Yeah. It, they were overdue. So they were due for a game like this. Um, I think the way Kansas State shot it was a little surprising. Give Noel some of the credit for that because he was finding guys. But they had some guys. I mean, when you're hitting shots from the logo, and Kansas State had a couple of those. Yep. And and you've got non-shooters hitting threes, which they had a few of those. Um, you know, what can you say? I mean, right. It's just one of those days. I, I think Michigan State was really good on the offensive boards. We talked about that as an area they could possibly exploit, and they did. Um, little bit disappointing with the turnover numbers from MSU. 13 is a little higher than you would have liked to see, but the story there in my opinion, was not so much Michigan State's turnovers. It was that uh, Kansas State only committed five. Yeah, that was which amazing. I would have, I would have, I mean, Noel averages three and a half by himself per <laughs> right. game. That's what he averages. Yeah. Now he's a, we talked about, it, he's a dynamic player, but he does a lot of good things, but he also makes mistakes. He takes some bad shots. He commits a lot of turnovers. He has elevated his game in this tournament to date to an incredible level. This is not the guy he's been. He's been a really, really, really good player most of the year. He was something more than that tonight, and he's not been that. So, you know, again, it's another thing you need. You need your best players to be your best players to win in the tournament. And Kansas State certainly got that. I mean, you have Noel had the game he had. Johnson scores 22 points, very efficient, 10 of 18 from the floor. Um, that's big. That's huge. You know, yep. uh, that you get your best guys to show up on the Michigan state side. Um, AJ Hogard was great. I mean, just did a lot of great 25 points in that second half. And even in overtime, he was a monster Tyson Walker, just stepping up, hitting incredible shots you know, the shot to tie it, mm -hmm. take it into overtime, yep. obviously a huge take and, and make, uh, but by the way, a play that he didn't make last year, right? He, he really struggled to convert at the rim last year. This year we've seen him get better and better and it showed up when they needed it most. Um, Joey Hauser ends the game with 18 points, um, was huge, especially early on with his shooting and, and helping to carry Michigan state and Jaden Akins, who had been struggling shooting. 14 points, four for five from three, um, you know, offensively and even Malik call Malik's going to take a lot of grief for that missed free throw. Yeah. Um, late, but you know what? Look, Kansas state still made a play on the next possession. So it's not like, Oh, we, you know, we have, we, we get the ball and we're in position to, I mean, you could win it with a three, I suppose, sure. but Kansas state still scored after that. So I don't, I'm not really sympathetic to any Malik Hall bashing. I thought Malik, you know, he had 13 points, five for eight from the floor, eight rebounds, had a big and one. Uh, I think it was late in regulation, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, to help them get back in it. Um, 
you know, a lot of good things from him. I think, I think if you, if you want to look at where the game was won and lost, I think there's a very obvious to anybody who watched it, there's a very obvious place to start. And that is that Michigan state simply could not contain Marquise Noel in the pick and roll could not do it. They tried different guys. You know, you had, you had all three of the fives played. They went small ball for a long stretch End of the game. Yeah. And none of it, and none of it were and a regulation and overtime. Yeah. And nothing slowed him down. It just changed. It changed the way they scored, but it didn't really, yeah, they didn't stop him. Well, not really. I mean, not really because he was, he was doing the same thing yeah, against I everybody. Yeah, I suppose they, they really never contained him. And so, you know, look, it, it Noel presents a really difficult challenge because he is ultra quick and he has a great handle. And if you watch the Kentucky game, Kentucky hard hedged, they did everything they could try to get the ball out of his hands. He wouldn't give it up. He would beat the hard hedge. Michigan state did not hard hedge. Michigan state was trying. If you watched closely, you would see their pick and roll coverage. They were, they were mostly trying to string him out toward the sideline, but they weren't very successful with it. And he did a phenomenal job of being able to put himself in position to deliver a pass off of that action. And I mean, I lost track of how many people he found at or near the rim on those plays. I mean, it was just, you don't rack up 19 assists without a lot of those. And he had a lot of (laughs) those. So I don't know what the answer is, but I know that what Michigan state did, didn't slow him down. Um, I don't know if Michigan state trying to hard hedge more aggressively would have produced different results. Again, the scary thing is I watched Kentucky do that and he just beat it. Mm -hmm. He just beat it with his handle and his quickness. And if he be, if he beats a hard hedge, then you're absolutely done. You got no chance to recover back into the possession. So I think that's the reason why you didn't see a more aggressive approach from Michigan state in that, but what they did didn't work either. And that was really the key to the game. I mean, when you watched an overtime and there was that long stretch from probably about the three and a half minute mark till near the end of the game where the two teams were just trading baskets right back and forth and nobody could stop the other. Well, that was how Kansas state was continuing to score. And I was reduced to just praying that he was just going to make a mistake Yeah, that he was going to put a little too much mustard on a pass and sail it into the stand, something like that. Because if he kept playing the way he was playing, he was going to execute and execute and execute. I mean, really, even in, (laughs) he was so good that he helped beat Michigan state. Even when he didn't see the ball, I'll give you an example. That last Kansas state possession in overtime where Masood gets the 17 foot jumper. The reason Masood was open is Noel who had been inbounding before they called the timeout. Then they took him off the inbound. He was trying to get open and AJ Hogard bit just for a second and took, if you watch the replay, if you can stomach it, you'll see what I mean. AJ Hogard takes a step toward Noel. He was being covered by Akins, So he wasn't AJ's man, but AJ takes a step toward him. That gives enough space and enough time. Masood moves toward the corner 
and you saw Malik try to come off his man and recover, and he got a a half-ass contest. But it wasn't his fault. He just yeah, it's all he could do. Um, but that that's what I mean. Noel was so effective that he pulled a guy off Masood to get Masood an open look that he buried. I mean, it's just phenomenal game from him. Yeah, well, I mean, I I guess you know if you look at things that Michigan State did well offensively you know hitting the threes obviously and then really exploding those switches because because kansas state was switching one through five they never really got any anything in down low which we is what we expected that they didn't really weren't able to punish because uh, they would no they switch you know noel would go down there with even with sissoko and it, they really didn't exploit that but but still you know it did matter because Hulgard, you know, would usually drive and get get two of this especially in the second half there was one frustrating sequence, and it might have even been in the first half. I can't remember where they had Noel switched on Mahdi. Yeah, it was. Now I'm not half, a yeah. proponent. I'm not a proponent generally of forcing the ball into Mahdi, but that was one time where it should have happened. Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't. But but you're right. If Michigan State did not have problems getting into the paint because its guards were able to do that. I mean. The second half and overtime that A.J. Hogard had was phenomenal. Tyson Walker, phenomenal. I mean, those guys played high-level offensive basketball, and it it meant that I don't know what the final numbers were. I don't think we have it in our box score. Um, I'm gonna for what I'm gonna take a look and see if I can points in the paint. Oh yeah, I don't um, know. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't get to it, but I would imagine that it was, I, I'm sure Kansas state had an edge, but Michigan state was competitive. They were more active there than we're used to seeing primarily because of the guard play. Yeah. I mean, those guys were just, yeah. And, and Kansas state again, Kansas state, it's worth noting a team that is middling in terms of the number of threes they give up but outstanding in terms of the percentage they give up. That's the defense that Michigan state absolutely shredded. I've got the numbers here. It's 44, 36 from uh, advantage Kansas points state. In the paint. Yeah. Okay. So that eight. sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, look, it, if you're telling me Michigan state's getting 36 points in the paint, I feel pretty good. It's not a surprise that Kansas state had an edge there because they're, they're generally speaking a little less reliant on threes. Not, not so much today, but I'm saying generally, mm-hmm. Um, and so much comes off their pick and roll action that, that you would expect it, even though, as you saw, they don't really have a post-up threat. I mean, Johnson did a little of that, but that's not really even his, his game so much. Um, but that, you know, that's a competitive number for MSU. I'm not bothered by 36 points in the paint. Um, it just, it really, the, the, the difference for Michigan state, honestly, it, it comes down to two things primarily one much more so than the other, a little bit on the turnovers, you know, you can't, you can't completely write that off. Um, and then a lot on the inability to do anything with Noel. I mean, that, that is, I, I can't think of a perform an individual performance against Michigan state in an NCAA tournament game that I would rank ahead of that. I can't imagine. I can't, there might, there might be one somewhere, but I can't, it doesn't spring to mind instantly. I mean, that was phenomenal. And, and especially so when you consider how competitive that game was, how closely it was played, every possession was huge. 
there was never a point really once you got down to winning time where either team could relax, say, all right, we got a 10 point spread. You know, you can be a little loose. Every possession was high pressure. And that kid just delivered and delivered and delivered. And Michigan State's guys mostly were there blow for blow with him. They just came up a little short in the end. Yeah, points off turnovers is actually interesting. It was uh, 16 to 2 advantage Kansas State. Uh, I think you know, they had 10 steals out of the of the, the Michigan State's uh, 13 turnovers. You know, I don't think they were usually like, they weren't like fast break points because the fast break was pretty close. It was uh, 8 to 2 advantage Kansas State, which I think felt about right. I don't think Kansas State well, got a whole that's, lot of. Yeah, that's a big number though. Yeah, in, a, well, in a five point overtime game, that's a big number. You know, we can, we can look at and second chance points again. I don't have those in front of me, but um, uh, I would imagine Michigan state had an edge there. 15, 11. Um, yeah. So you get four back. So that means it's a two point swing points, points yeah, off turnovers right. versus second chance points, two point swing in Kansas state's favor. Well, it was that kind of game, um, you know, with two points. And, and we had said that, that, in a game like this, that you expect to be close, little advantages are going to matter a whole hell of a lot. Yep. If you can just get, you know, a couple extra possessions via an offensive rebound, or you get a couple of a couple of easy baskets off a turnover, that can be the difference. And you could argue that there were some things in this one that played in Kansas State's favor, but. Um, I don't know. If there's a. I don't know. If there's a hell of a lot more to say about it than that. In in the sense that, you know, I don't want to hear. And there will be elements of the fan base that rant rape because they always do. Yeah. If you lose, but Michigan State did a lot of things very well. Michigan State was equal to the task in a Sweet 16 game. They were. Mm-hmm. They made big plays, big shots, got some big stops late, certainly in regulation. Um, they did a lot of good things. I am not bothered by the effort. Um, I'm disappointed that they couldn't come up with a better defensive approach in this one. But, you know, sometimes when a, when a guy is just elevating himself to another level, and that is what is going on with Marquise Noel right now, make no mistake. Um, you're talking about a very good player who is now something beyond even that at the moment sometimes it just doesn't matter yeah he sort of had an a plus plus effort and uh michigan state even coming with an a minus game you know that's that's the difference right there um i guess let's talk about some individual players but before we do let's just uh briefly mention our sponsors we appreciate all of you who support our sponsors uh, if you it is springtime in michigan and so if you're in the west side of the state in grand rapids area please check out the brothers who just do gutters uh, they will take care of all your water problems They'll check out your gutters, they'll clean them out, they'll repair them, they'll replace them. Kurt Stauffer and his team, that's all they do, and they're very professional, and they do a great job. If you mention Final Four, you get 10% off. You can contact them at Kurt, uh, K-U-R-T dot Stauffer, S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R, at brothersgutters.com. You can find the link for that in the notes below. Uh, so just going through the players, we've mentioned a few of them already, but you know, uh, Joey Hauser's last game for Michigan State, almost for sure. He finished with 18 points, six rebounds. Um, he had a steal. He was four for nine from three. He definitely was the one in the first half, especially, who was keeping Michigan State in contact it, when things were just kind of a little yep. bit shaky. Four for five from yep. the line. He missed the front end of a one-on-one. That was his only miss, really. So great, great effort. Just the typical Joey we've had 
for pretty much the entire season. Yeah, I mean, what a what a great senior year for him. Um, I'm sorry it's not going to continue because it was a blast watching him play this year. I think the confidence that he played that he found within himself to play with, and and how that translated to the things he did on the court this year for Michigan State, just just phenomenal. And he played very well today. I mean, he struggled like everybody else in pick and roll defense, but yeah, <laughs> you know, honestly, if, if you're telling me Mati Sissoko is not doing the job, uh, that's, that's telling me that it's a big challenge. I'm not going to come at Joey so hard for that. Um, yeah, really, it really important in the first half, as you mentioned, helping them stay in contact. AJ Hogard, uh, Played 40 minutes. He was 7 for 14 from the field, 1 for 2 for 3, 10 for 11 from the line, a couple of rebounds, 6 assists, 4 turnovers, 2 blocks, uh, and finished with 25 points. I thought he was a, um, he didn't seem quite himself to start the game, but certainly by, agreed, certainly by the agreed. second half, he was kind of locked in again and sort of was like the AJ we wanted. So, you know, I don't, don't know that, again, I don't know that it matters in the first half, but maybe, but. Uh, he played, I mean, he was, he was fantastic at the end of the game and he showed you what he could be. And I mean, makes you excited for next year. See what, you know, who knows what the pieces are going to be around, but, uh, I'd like to see a guy like him. If he starts bringing that intensity every game and then with, uh, you know, I think, and he can probably, his shooting will be even better next year. I would imagine. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way AJ played now. Um, there were some moments defensively. But there were moments defensively for everybody. That's everybody, yeah. I thought, I thought besides, even apart from their struggles in the pick and roll, it's also worth mentioning, Michigan State just really struggled with switches in this game. So there were some times where A.J. was part of not executing a defensive switch properly. He had a big play late in the overtime where he just lost touch with Johnson and they were able to get a lob for an easy bucket. Yeah. Um, and that was on A.J., so he had some defensive issues, but man, uh, the way he showed up when it mattered most offensively, just play after play after play uh, with the pressure on delivering through contact, forcing the action. It was what you want to see from him. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, AJ really responded to a bad game against Ohio state, in the big 10 tournament. And you know, there's, there's obviously things you can critique and, and things that they're going to look back at in this one and regret, but, um, this was a very good three game run for AJ Hogard and it should serve as a springboard into a senior year. That could be something else. Um, that's what should happen. Right. And I think, you know, the fact that he was 10, 11 from the line really showed, uh, his focus in the yeah. second half and, and he was recognizing he was getting his own when he had to get his own when that's what the defense yeah. was serving up. And he was, yeah, I think it was that's brilliant. what I mean. Yep. His, his decision-making late was great. Um, he put it on his shoulders a lot, but that's what I want for him. That's what he should do. So yeah, a lot of good things from him. Tyson Walker played 41 minutes. He was six of 16. Uh, so he was only, he was two for nine for twos and four or seven from the line, uh, from yeah. three, three rebounds, uh, five assists, three turnovers, that big one at the very end, which, you know, that kind of helter-skelter last possession. Uh, finished with 16 points. Let, let's talk about that last possession. Um, there were, I, I don't know what there were, maybe 11 seconds left? Yeah, 12? something like that. 11, 12, yeah. 
Because there's okay. a question whether you foul and it's like it was still right. 12 and a half seconds or something left. Right. Yeah. And I think that Michigan State was trying to do what I would have suggested, which is get a three up quickly. Yeah. So One, rebound, it yeah. gives you a chance at an offensive rebound and maybe you get a second chance. But two, you're getting it up at a point in the shot clock where Kansas State probably isn't going to automatically foul you. I haven't watched tang enough this year to know whether he's a foul guy or not right but you don't you assume that he is and they had a couple looks they weren't i'm not saying they were wide open but i thought joe i'd have to go back and rewatch it but my anecdotal impression was i thought joey had a little bit of a window malik and then i thought tyson had a window malik did too yeah when the ball got to tyson it was a little late it was um, and obviously, uh, Noel was able to kind of deflect it and then end up getting a, a breakaway lay in to ice it. But, um, yeah, I thought there were, I thought there were some looks. I look in Malik's case, he just hasn't been able to hit threes no. lately. He hasn't looked confident. And shooting. so, yeah. And I don't, so I, I don't know if I can really blame, I mean, they needed an attempt, but I don't know how much I can blame him. Joey was the guy that I thought had at least half a look. And didn't take it. And I understand you want to get a great look, but they were in a situation where I don't know that they could afford it. Anyway, going back to Tyson, look, the, the, the guy made just huge plays at big moments, none bigger than that layup to take it into overtime. I mean, um, my only criticism of him offensively is I think there were times, and it, it happened even in the overtime where, uh, he had a big in a switch and he dribbled himself into a long two. Yeah. And you know, that's a hard thing to critique because a player has a feel, a shooter, a scorer has a feel. And it's, it's really hard for me to, you know, go after a guy and say, Oh, no, 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 no. You can't dribble yourself into that shot because he's feeling the rhythm of, of the game of his game. And he opted to take those shots. I personally think those ended up being maybe more contested shots than a three would have been in those situations, because those guys can't extend out as much when you're, when you're getting closer to the rim, they're going to be able to stay a little closer to you and contest it a little bit better. Usually. And, you know, when he did get switches and look to exploit it for threes, it normally came up positively. Yeah, right. So that was my only criticism. But he played a hell of a game, especially in the second half. And boy, there was a point where when he hit that three in overtime to give MSU a three point lead. I was really beginning to think, boy, all the coming back home to New York stuff around Noel and the great way he played is all going to go for naught because the other New York guy is going to win this. And I really did feel that way when he hit that shot. Of course it was not to be, Yeah, but, um, still a, a very, very good game from him overall. Uh, Jay Nakins played 38 minutes. He played, I mean, played almost the entire game, five for nine from the field, four for five from three. So he found a three point stroke, three offensive rebounds, a lot of big ones. Just, he had some early, yeah. uh, three yep. assists, three turnovers, three blocks, a steal. I mean, 14 points. Look, you definitely see what he's going to be. Right. I mean, and you think he's going to be even more? He was so, great. Right. Yeah. He was, he did play. Really, he was really great. Well. He was great. And I thought, you know, for what it's worth, he did the best job defensively on Noel. The, the one yeah. thing you can say is, 
he slowed Noel down as a scorer in that game. Um, Noel was still able to make plays off pick and roll action, but he stopped scoring as easily as he was later in that game when Jaden was on him. So I thought Jaden gave MSU the best game of anybody against Noel. It still wasn't good enough, but it was definitely the best of anybody they threw out there. Yeah. And then Malik Hall, 32 minutes, five of eight from the field, oh for two from three, three for five from the line, uh, eight rebounds, three of, off, three of them offensive, a couple assists, three turnovers as block, 13 points. The only thing a critique I'd say with Malik is that he just does not look comfortable shooting either his three or any sort of jumper or even the, from the free throw line. He just doesn't look like he's comfortable with that shot. I think that's true. And I think that he really hasn't looked totally together offensively since he came back the second time yeah, when he came back the first time off the injury, if you remember, yeah, he we had thought like he's 11 fine. points. Yeah. And, but yeah. And he looked good. He actually looked pretty good offensively during that whole stretch. He was able to play when he re-injured it the second time he came back. I don't think he's ever quite gotten back to being as comfortable as he was, but look, um, eight rebounds, 13 points, had some big moments in this game for sure, especially down the stretch in regulation. He had that, uh, the end one, he had yeah. that put back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wasn't able to cash in on the free throw, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're hoping obviously that Malik comes back. I think he can, he can be a key part of this team next year with a, with a healthy as he was this year, but I think he could be even better with a healthy off season find his offensive confidence again, which I think will happen as he has more confidence in his foot um, and he gets healthier. But, um, you know, he made some major contributions in this one too. So, Yeah, Mighty Sissoko played uh, only 16 minutes. He was two for three from the field, had a free throw, two re- defensive rebounds uh, for finishing with five points. And I think, you know, going along with Carson Cooper, who played 12 minutes, had two offensive rebounds, no defensive rebounds. And he ended up with four fouls and one assist. Uh, both those guys, well, I think I would say Madi definitely looked a little better out there defensively, but you know, I think it became pretty clear that neither one is defensively was making much difference, and then you're just losing offense, and so you might as well play small. I mean, I just kind of felt that's sort of what the what the coaches moved at that point in the game. It was the it was the it was the right move in yeah. my opinion mm-hmm. because nor- normally my argument would be, hey, Madi for sure gives you the best possibility at slowing down. A, a pick and roll heavy guard, but it wasn't happening in this game. Noel was frequently, and and this was one thing that's that moving to the small ball lineup did change positively for MSU. I don't recall many or maybe even any occasions against the small ball lineup where Noel was able to split the coverage. There were some against the bigger players where he was able to split between the defenders. And that's just a disaster. When that happens, there's just no recovering from that in the possession. Yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, Michigan states, but, it, but again, I'm going to say it wasn't just Michigan state that had this problem. <laughs> right. I watched Kentucky, a very good defensive team coached by a very good defensive coach in John Calipari also have huge problems containing this guy. So. I, look, I'll say it. I I really felt because I had seen Noel a handful of times in the regular season, probably eh, four times maybe. And I thought he was very good, but I also thought he was mistake prone. 
And that's kind of what I figured we would see. I thought the Kentucky game where he wasn't mistake prone and just made, I mean, just huge plays, huge shots. Uh, I just felt, okay, that's a one-off. And the odds of him playing that smoothly again are probably pretty slim, particularly with the way Michigan State's been defending. Well, guess again. I mean, you can yeah. you can actually argue MSU didn't do a half bad job on him as a scorer. Um, he went. What did he shoot in this game? Noel. Um, yeah, I mean, he was yeah, seven of eighteen, two for six from three, and so that yeah, one crazy seven, three, you know. Yeah, seven of eighteen is is not. It's not horrendous, but it's it's not a dominant shooting performance. And again, I I attribute a lot of that to the job Jaden Akins did later in the game on him. Jaden was able to take him away some as a scorer. Unfortunately, Michigan State was not able to take him away as a playmaker. Yeah. But right. anyway, going back to, to Mahdi, you know, made some plays early, uh, but defensively it just was not happening. And despite the fact that it, you know, Kansas State continued to be able to score. I do think the move to go small was the right one. Yeah. Cooper really That's struggled. How it felt to me. Yeah. Cooper was really, really yeah. was kind of lost yeah. out there. He was, he was not, he was not very good. But tough, again, you tough know, assignment, man. Yeah. Tough oh, assignment. Yeah, for sure. For a guy who's really not played that many minutes this season, right? I mean, to kind of throw him into yeah. this situation. Holloman had a little turn for five minutes and, you know, had the same problem everyone else did in trying to con- con- contain. Yeah. Noel. Couldn't guard him. Yeah. Couldn't guard him. Um, All right, so let's go through the keys of the game in just a moment. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, the five keys to the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing are the ones who are involved in the Spartan Strong shirt production, so you can go over to Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. There you can get your Spartan Strong shirt to help support the Spartan uh, shooting victims. Uh, You can also get all sorts of other great Spartan gear for, you know, obviously basketball. They've got some vintage gruff Sparties. Uh, They also have all your tailgating needs. Uh, You can get it all filled there, both hoodies and T-shirts are incredibly comfortable. We have a bunch 
uh, in our household and our show shirts that we have for our show. You can get those as well. You can get those to the link below. Um, so you get 20% off if you enter Final Four as, as a coupon code. Make sure Final Four is one word. So I had someone who was having trouble getting the, the code to work, but they realized if they painted one word, they get the 20% off. So Gabe and Brittany are Michigan State alums, and they do a great job. And you won't won't be uh, upset that you went through nudge printing to get your Spartan gear. All right, so the five keys of the game will begin. Number one is connected. <laughs> Michigan State, uh, mostly defensively. And I, you know, I mean, obviously they weren't, I, you know, and, you know, maybe you could say they were kind of, but just Kansas State and Noel just picked them apart, kind of did whatever they wanted for the most part. And even when you felt like they did get a, did make a play, then, you know, Masood rises up from, you know, what, 30 feet away and hits a three from the logo or whatever. And I don't know, it was just one of those games in some ways, in some ways. Well, like, as I said at the outset, if you're going to win at this time of year, you got to have some things go your way. And Kansas state had enough shots that were bad shots that fell and enough plays that were right on the verge of being a turnover that weren't that it made the difference. Yep. Um, but none of that, this is the big failure in this game from the Michigan state perspective is, you know, they, they played, a pick and roll heavy team in Marquette who has been outstanding statistically far better than Kansas state in terms of efficiency in part because they don't turn the ball over and Kansas state turns it over a ton. Right. Well, Kansas state did not make mistakes today and Michigan state was unable to handle the pressure that their pick and roll and their movement and forcing switches put on them. Michigan state was not connected. Um, and again, I'm going to give a lot of the credit to the point guard for Kansas state for that, but not all of it. Certainly some of it is down to the job that Michigan state did not do defensively. And when they look back at this game, I'm positive. That's the thing they're going to look at. Cause God knows that even with the 13 turnovers, Michigan state played well enough offensively to win the game. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. They did. They shot the lights out. Um, they, in the second half, they got a ton of stuff going downhill at the rim. So that was fine. Uh, they were solid on the offensive boards and they hit their free throws. So there, there wasn't a lot to complain about offensively, even with 13 turnovers. Um, it was the defensive end. It's just, like I said, that I don't know if anybody else watching had the same feeling I did. In that overtime, it really started to feel like whoever gets the ball last is going to win because neither team can stop the other. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. You know, when we, when we think about Michigan State teams that win in March, usually the equation is they get stops when it matters. You think about that Marquette game. Down the stretch, yes, Tyson Walker hit some big shots. They got some big offensive plays, but it was the ability of Michigan State to shut Marquette down yeah. that enabled them to sp spread that margin out. Um, they just couldn't do it here. You know, it was every possession, score, 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 just these teams landing offensive haymakers against each other. That's what made it such an entertaining game to watch. I, I wish I didn't care about the result because <laughs> I, know, I imagine yeah, I know yeah. for, I, I just quickly, before we started recording, I looked at, 
you know, social media um, response. And, you know, I follow a lot of the national basketball writers and all the reactions were, of course, about the insane game that Noel played. But in general, they were all talking about what a classic this game was. And I'm sure it felt that way if you didn't have an emotional investment in it and you could just marvel at the way these two teams just went back and forth at each other scoring. Yeah. Well, there certainly you know, was another game not playing. Not easy plays yeah, either. Right. Not easy plays. Yeah. The other game was Connecticut was winning by 30, I think, at that point. So there's no point in watching that game unless you're an alum of those teams. I think most of the eyes, you're right. Yeah. Most of the eyes came over to TBS. Uh, so the second key to the game, the threes. Well, you know, Michigan State hit 13. There were 13 to 25 for uh, 52%. Phenomenal. Uh, you know, they hit more threes in this game than they did in the first two games. Actually, almost twice as many as they did in the first two games. Yeah. So back to their sort of usual ways, whatever, you know, people are talking about the basketball maybe being a problem or something like that. But they, they hit the threes. Yeah, and it wasn't and a I, problem today. And I think, you know, had we thought they were going to hit 13, three, go 13 of 25, we both would have thought they'd win. <laughs> right? I mean, Absolutely. I don't think we would have thought much. But well, I didn't. I didn't count on Kansas State. What were they? Eleven for twenty-five. Eleven for like yeah. Eleven, 11 for, for 24. twenty-four. Yeah. So they're they're pretty good too. So they were almost fifty percent themselves. Yeah. That's they're like a thirty-five percent shooting team. That's beyond what they normally do. Well beyond what they normally do. And look, give them credit. They made the shots. But this is what I'm talking about. You you have to be really good but you also have to have some things fall your way mm -hmm. that, that could go either way that aren't automatics. And part of it for Kansas state was guys. I think Carter was two for three. I forget what he shot from three on the year, but it wasn't good. I know that yeah, I'd have 32 to, percent, I think. Yeah. 32% shooter going two for three. Okay. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. um, the, the, the falling three that Noel hits, you know, um, Masood from the, from the logo. I mean, look, sometimes in, in basketball, you just have to tip your hat and say, nice shot. The, the one that Masood hit that three was actually well defended. Yeah, it, it wasn't really, was. it wasn't, he wasn't alone. Malik Malik contested. Now he wasn't right up on him, but he shouldn't be at 30 feet or 27 or whatever it was. Um, he shouldn't be right up on it. He, you shouldn't be, I don't care unless your name is Steph Curry. You shouldn't be up on somebody that far out any player. So that was well defended. And that's, you know, Carter hitting two threes. You know what? I'll guarantee you. I will guarantee you Michigan state's game plan going in was if that kid wants to shoot, let him, yep. let him prove he can hit him. Well, he hit two out of three. Okay. Sometimes that's how it goes. I saw some people at halftime bitching about open threes. You have to understand that sometimes you're never going to be able to take away everything. And the pressure that Noel was putting on them, they were more concerned about Noel getting into the lane and creating havoc there. And so it meant one of the consequences of that and of sending help at him when he would turn the corner is you are going to give up some looks. I'm not saying that's by design, but in terms of the various sins you can commit, having Carter shooting threes is one you'll live with. Yeah. He can hit two or three tip your hat. I mean, 
sometimes that's how it goes. So that's, that's the only disappointing thing about this facet of the game is that Michigan state had one of their best shooting games of the season. And that's saying something because they shot it really well this year, but this was tremendous. And they barely had an edge. Yeah. The other team had their best. Barely. Game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. I would be surprised if Kansas state had a better shooting game. Certainly not against a major, a high major opponent. Sure, I'd right. be shocked. So a third key to the game was attack. And certainly in the second half, Michigan state really was attacking yeah. from AJ and Tyson. Rolling. I mean, they were, they were yep. phenomenal. Uh, and, and I, you know, the only, the only negative you'd say there is you look at Michigan state nine for nine for the free throws in the first half, five for eight in the second half. Um, and so, you know, again, just leaving a point here, there, and when you have overtime game, and so that's, they were only 14 for 17, uh, for the well, 18 for, for 22 the for the game. Cause they were four or five in the overtime. So oh, they, the yeah, they shot hundred percent okay. the first half, 62% in the ha- second half. And then, you know, you know, what's an interesting number. Um, and what did Kansas state have in free throw attempts? It wasn't that many, like 14 uh, or something. They were 11 for 16, 11 for 16. Okay. And Noel had so four Michigan, state before, shots, yeah. Michigan state shot six more free throws. And that's an honest advantage because yep. Michigan state in this game was not the recipient of Kansas state following them late to try to stay in the game. Right. Like that's a pure number. Right. Exactly. Um, Kansas state was very good at getting to the line this year. That was a real area of advantage for them offensively. What Michigan State did in this tournament, that is, I believe I'm right about this, that's three straight games that they had more free throw attempts than their opponent. Yep, that's true. Um, that I don't know if we could, I'd have to look, but I'm going to guess at least once they got into Big Ten play, we would probably not be able to find three consecutive games where they did that. I can't even think of three games, <laughs> but I'm sure they period. did. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. No, but not many. Yeah, not many. I mean, look, we know this. That's they're they shoot. They're right down near the bottom in terms of free throw attempts. So, I think if there's something that, as a, in a global sense, assuming you know you get the guys back that you want back and all those things, um, if there's something that this group can take into next year and and really feel good about um, and hopefully build on it from this tournament, from these three games, it's that they found that level of aggressiveness. And it wasn't even just a matter of, okay, AJ's going to hit some layups. It was they were active and physical and aggressive, and that produced good things in terms of getting foul shot opportunities. So that was a real positive. And as you said, didn't see a lot of it in the first half, but in the second half in the overtime, it was there. I mean, Michigan State's guards were really good. Yeah. So then the uh, fourth key to the game was the offensive boards. Kansas State, not a traditionally very good defensive rebounding team, which is strange because they, you know, it's not like they're out of position a lot, but they just aren't very good at it. And Michigan State rebounded 39% of their misses. Kansas State had 27%. So an edge there of 13 to eight uh, from the, that's a, that's impressive. That's even, that's even more impressive than, you know, you got to remember Michigan State shot the ball very well right. Exactly. Yeah. So 11 offensive rebounds is actually, like you said, 39%. That's a really good offensive rebounding rate. MSU did what I'd hope they could do there. They absolutely did. That would get a check mark. And that's without the bigs in too, right? I mean, that's right. That's where now in fairness, 
when they were really doing a lot, they didn't do a lot on the offensive boards in my recollection down the stretch. No, not in the second half. A lot sure. of that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that damage happened in the first half, uh, but that was a key to staying in it. Um, so they got it when they needed it uh, to stay in touch with Kansas state. But um, yeah, I mean, I, not a lot of complaints there. You know, they, they did, they did what you'd hoped, which is you carve out a little bit of an advantage there. And again, yeah, Kansas state's a weak defensive rebounding team, but Michigan state has been so erratic and mostly off as opposed to off and on as an offensive rebounding team that you couldn't feel a hundred percent certain that they would take advantage of it, but they did. They found periods in the game, at least where they took advantage. And the fifth key to the game is cohesion. Uh, you know, veteran team, Michigan State, thought they'd have an advantage. And this is a Kansas State team that was kind of thrown together this season. They've only Noel and um, uh, I think Masood are the ones who are returning for their team. Most of the rest were transfers yep. in. And, uh, you know, to their credit, Kansas State played pretty together basketball. I think there were times that they looked a little disconnected, especially on defense, but it didn't really matter yes. too much. It, yes. Michigan State, again, Offensively, at Kansas State was just so overwhelming that their defensive, you know, mis, uh, misfirings didn't really make a difference, and they were able to uh, they're able to do enough to win the game. They were, yeah, which is the opposite of what you would have expected coming into the game. You know, they had a th- these were two teams that in the current Ken Palm uh, ratings, at least uh, coming into this game, probably won't be this way anymore. They were both top 25 defensive teams. Michigan State's gotten all the way up to top 25 or did before this game. Kansas State, I think, was in the teens. Um, Offensively, believe it or not, Kansas State, I think, was 44th. Something like that. I think so. Um, 47th. uh, 47th. 47th. Okay. So that tells you what we saw from them tonight is not what they've been over the course of the season. It is what they are right now. And, and in a one and done format, that's good enough. Sure. You, you have to be at your best on the day that you're playing. And they were, that team could not be better in my opinion, from an offensive standpoint than what they were tonight. That's the best they can be. No question. Because because they almost shot 50% from three on high volume. That's not what they do. They had five turnovers when they averaged whatever it 16. was, 16 a game. Yeah. That's crazy. And they shot overall, they shot, I don't know, 50 some percent from the floor overall. I mean, it was a, it was a clinic and, you know, congrats hats off to them. Yeah. Because that's and I, I, you know, I know I said some things and I mean them about you need good fortune and they got a lot of good fortune in this game, but they also played very, very well. And they were, they put themselves in position where they could exploit that good fortune that they got. And that is a key to winning. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. And, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say huh, that it took, Kansas State playing the best offensive game they're capable of to beat Michigan State in overtime. But you know what? They played the best offensive game they're capable of <laughs> when it mattered. Yeah. So that, you know, full credit to them. They did it. They did some things I would not have bet they could have done. 
You know, I, I would not have bet they could have come out of this game with five turnovers. I would not have bet they go 11 for 24 from three. I just would not have seen those things coming. Yeah. Well, that's why it, it happened. That's why you play the games. And you never know. And you're and one night. Right. You may be better than other nights. And for sure, can't say this and tonight was a better team and just it just by a little bit. And that's and that was the difference. And they had the, they had the most dynamic player in the game as well. Absolutely. He was the best player on the court. Um, Hogard was close in, in some ways, not the totality of it, but I mean, AJ Hogard in the second half and for a lot of the overtime was every bit equal to him in terms of making big plays mm-hmm. and Tyson Walker stepped up and had some moments too, but look, 20 and 19 <laughs> is, is going to be at a school like Kansas state, which, you know, honestly does not have the basketball history that Michigan state has. Um, this is going to go down. I would assume is the greatest game a Kansas state player has ever played. I mean, Mitch Richmond was a phenomenal player for them back in the eighties. Rolando Blackman was there even earlier. So they've had some guys who had great NBA careers go through there. Steve Henson, um, in my era, like the late eighties, early nineties, they've had some very good players, but they haven't had anybody do anything like this to my knowledge in this kind of game in a sweet 16 game. That's the biggest thing. Like on that stage, you play that way. Hey, man, hats off. You deserve all the credit in the world for that. Yep. Well, a disappointing result. It certainly felt like, you know, this sort of felt like uh, 2019 where you just had a, you you saw the opening, you saw a path to the final four and to maybe some more because it uh, just, it felt like it was there and Kansas State yeah. saw the same thing and they just, and they, they were able to seize yeah. it. Well, it was too, you know, I think both teams, it was supposed to be a very competitive game. It was exactly that. Both teams saw an opportunity, and unfortunately, only one's going to get to go on, yeah. and that's just how it, it didn't work out in Michigan State's favor. But, you know, I think what I come away with, it, it's going to depend, obviously. It's going to depend on decisions that guys make. Right. And there's nothing assured, you know. I am optimistic and I have reason to be optimistic that they're going to bring the band largely back together. But you've got two guys in Tyson Walker and Malik Hall that have decisions to make. Mm -hmm. Um, We will see how that goes. You have some underclassmen who could opt to leave. And, you know, you shouldn't just think that solely down to guys who didn't play very much. Right. There, there are some other guys that could opt to leave, but if they get these guys back and the freshman class that they've got coming back is as good as I think they'll be, um, Michigan state can build on this yes, and use this as a springboard into next season. What could be a really, really good basketball team because I, Despite how tonight went, I think if you if you didn't see growth in Madi Sissoko and Carson Cooper and Jackson Kohler this season, you're not paying close enough attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is reason to believe that all three of those guys can get better. Um, if Malik Hall comes back, a, a healthy offseason is going to do wonders for him. And I think he would be in position to have the kind of year that it looked like he was set to have early on. Don't forget how good he was against Gonzaga and Kentucky and Villanova for that matter. 
He was really good. And then he got hurt. Um, the backcourt that Michigan State could have is frightening. Absolutely terrifying. If, if you are an opponent, if they, if all these guys come back, if Tyson Walker opts to play a, a COVID year, AJ Hogard comes back, Jay Makins comes back. There are your starters. And you saw how good they were in this tournament. What will they be like with another year under their belt? That could be a special group. And you got Trey Holloman adding another year of experience. If he comes back and you're, you're bringing in a guy that I think has a chance to be a very special player yeah. in Jeremy Fears. Right. And I'll call them guards because they're wings, Garrick Norman and Cohen Carr. Cohen Carr alone will give this team an injection of something they did not have enough of this year. And that is raw, unfiltered, frightening athleticism. <laughs> um, and then you have Xavier Booker, who's their highest rated recruit. And I know there's some back and forth on what people will expect him to be as a freshman, but he's every bit of six eleven, and he can shoot and he can handle. I'll take my chances with that. <laughs> so this can be, if things break the right way and there's, you know, we're, we're not going to know probably for several days, at least how that looks. But, um, if they come back collectively, this is going to be an outstanding basketball team. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm, and, and we'll look at this, we'll be able to look at this game and this run as we move into the spring and the summer as, okay, they've gotten, they've kind of erased some of the bad taste of the last two years that was in the program's mouth about, you know, not getting out of the first weekend that's behind them now. And they've seen how close they are to being able to compete at the really high levels of this sport. And I think it'll be a launching point to even bigger things next season, you know, big 10 title contention, a lot of preseason hype, which, you know, good or bad is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but it'll be there. And, and, uh, you know, serious, serious capability of, of being as good as anybody. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's always a, a tough balancing act as a fan because it is easy to get excited about what's coming next, but you really have to to you know relish the time you have, uh, you know that this this run was, and it's always disappointing to see it come to an end. And uh, absolutely, and, and where know. they had a real, you felt like there was a real chance, sure, because there was. Yeah. I mean, we saw. I mean, they went overtime <laughs> yeah. in losing this game. They obviously were right there on the on the edge of being in the, in the elite eight. And then if you get to the elite eight, well, it's probably going to be Tennessee and they're a very good team, but are they a juggernaut? No, you know, there are no juggernauts this year. So you're right. That's something, you know, my, my mindset doesn't tend to run that way to, you know, dwelling over what ifs and especially not at this stage, mm -hmm. you get beat in the sweet 16 you're not that close to a title. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like I understand elite eight final four losses. Yeah. This stage, you had some more work to do. So this one isn't going to haunt me as a fan. I mean, that's just, I'm just speaking for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm proud of what they did in this run. I really am. And I think they, I think they did. They gave some, they provided some things that should be good memories for fans 
And I think, again, pending the decisions that guys have to make, there's reason to be really optimistic about what this team can be going forward. And so that's the silver lining to this. It's why I'm, I would describe myself as disappointed, but I'm not shattered. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, when you look at just the season, we'll talk, we'll have a show, we'll kind of dissect the season and sort of the Big Ten and look at everything yeah. later. But, uh, you know, when you look at the way the season ended, uh, I th- again, I think it was encouraging. I think it was a fun way to end, especially with a season that was really a kind of a grind through through the Big Ten part portion where you just see the ups and downs, just the inconsistency. So it was nice to see them kind of come together and have a really great game. And, I mean, they lost because a team played had a historic <laughs> or you know a season right. best that's what performance. It took to, that's what it took to be. So you yeah. know, in that sense, you, I hate saying you tip your cap, but I think that's probably appropriate in this sense. It is sometimes. So, look, sometimes that's. I, I know people don't like hearing that because I, I talk about this sometimes. This this very human tendency to want to believe that there is blame to be assigned with everything that doesn't go right, mm-hmm. and that you can always fix. If you would have done A and B, it would have fixed it. Well, are there things that Michigan State maybe could have done better in this game? Yes. But you have to acknowledge that was a phenomenal game by the opponent, yeah, by their point guard in particular. I mean, it just was. And, you know, I've seen games where guys in the Michigan State uniform had those kind of oh, days. Oh, sure, yeah. And, you know, if you're on the other side of that, you just had, and we've seen people do it, you know, it say for, we just couldn't deal with magic. We just couldn't deal with Steve Smith, you know, Scott Skiles, Mateen Cleaves, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, today, Kansas state had a guy, he's not those players, but he was playing at that level. So credit to him. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be back in, uh, a little while we're gonna we're gonna try and figure out what we're gonna do as far as content we've uh, it's been a great season um and and uh well i've enjoyed myself i'm 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 a little extra disappointed because i started tasting the fact that i might actually see michigan state at the final four since i, yeah. <laughs> I won those tickets that wouldn't it be because i know when i won i thought it didn't really even cross my mind that they would be there or that there'd be much chance of them being there and then i thought hmm, there's a path and so this would be pretty pretty amazing so yeah um it won't work out that way but i'll have fun down at the final four and um Maybe I'll tell Michigan State how what they need to do for next year. So maybe they'll maybe I'll give them the right. taste of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. The last thing I'd say too is, um, you know, when it comes to Izzo and this tournament, I think you really see what it what a difference it is having a coach like him, especially the first two rounds where you see someone who basically just outcoach the other two teams and the the preparation, and even this game in some respects you can say the preparation was there, but again, you know, Kansas State just they just they they played at a level beyond what they sort of normally do. And, you know, and so there wasn't like a bad game plan. It was kind of a game plan that just nothing you would have done probably would have made a difference at this point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. And unfortunately, until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.